Hello and welcome back to the show. I am Christoph Defoe. And I am Liz Wilson. Why is it our duty as progressives to ignore petty crimes and pay unhoused drug users and alcoholics to drink and use drugs? We're going to talk about that on today's show, so stick around and find out. But first, I want to remind you that if you like our show, to make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays at noon Eastern on all the major podcast channels. Also, be sure to check out our sponsor, Cannibal & Co., located in downtown Jersey City and at shopcannibal.com. We're grateful to Cannibal for sponsoring our show. We were driving somewhere the other day, and we were driving through, like, you know, a not a higher crime area let's say sure and um there was somebody begging on the side of the road mm-hmm. asking for money and and i said to him man i feel like a piece of shit because we were driving home with a car full of groceries mm. you know to our house that has heat and water and sure. all the things that we need and but then i immediately was like no okay so that's the thing that we don't want to live in because the problem isn't that I have what I need. The problem is that that person doesn't doesn't have what they need. Right. So me just deciding that I'm going to, because really, if you think about it, that's kind of just a way of making yourself feel better. It's like, I'm going to self-flagellate. So then I can still (laughs) have everything I want, do the things I want and feel a little less bad about it like oh, that's such right? an interesting without actually perspective doing on it. anything to yeah. change it <laughs> yeah so that's such a great point and i had never thought of it that way but you're absolutely right like oh what a shame and then move on with your life mm-hmm. right and this is a classic thing um they do this with gun violence right thoughts and prayers Oh, that's so sad. What a terrible, a tragedy. What a, a senseless act of, act of violence. Now let's just go back to our lives. It's such a great point. That's such a great point. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same mentality. Like, oh, that's so sad. But it's not, But like you said, it's okay. We don't, we don't have to feel guilty about having what we have. But we have to be self-critical and, and, and actively advocating for these individuals to have what they want. And... And this and this is actually really dovetails very well with what we're talking about today, um, right? Because I, my 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 wife Lindsay, she laughs at me all the time for this because she's like, I just give money away all the time, right? Like I'll be walking, I literally have cash, and this is not to to, to to pat myself on the back, it really isn't. But like I have cash in my wallet, like like for I don't use cash for anything specifically, just to give money to random ass people, and I'm, and she's like, we're just gonna give all our money away, and uh, it's a joke between us, really. But like, what it is is that from my experience, which is a bit of a unique experience, right? I've been on the panhandling side before in my life right so i mean i know what that's like and i do know that and i am perfectly fine with the fact that that person might use that for drugs and alcohol and 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 i want to be very clear from the outset though like poor folks and out and unhoused folks generally do not abuse or abuse or, or or use drugs at levels that are terribly different than their wealthy people right normal uh uh, as middle class, average middle class Americans, whatever that means anymore. Um, 
the idea that poor folks are poor because they use drugs and alcohol is a pernicious myth, right? It denigrates the poor. And by the way, it denigrates and stereotypes people who just use drugs and alcohol for whatever reason. So um, and the, the point I'm making here is that poor folks and folks who are unhoused always deserve society's care and attention, regardless of whether they are alcohol users, drug users, or neither. Um, uh, the folks predicament, people find themselves in that in that predicament, typically, um, because of capitalism, patriarchy, white supremacy, these systems, right, that treat human beings like chattel, right? And, and, um, and people that are, I recently read a book, um, that was like maybe a year ago now, but, um, and recent, right? And, uh, and it was, um, uh, the gist of it was, it was called on the, on on the shoulders of, of angry ghosts or something like that. Anyway, the point is that it, it sort of, it follows an addiction doctor and he works with the really down and out folks, right? People who are chronically addicted to drugs, um, who are uh, homeless, etc. And he says to a person, to a person, these people have, first of all, mental illnesses, yes, but even beyond that, and this is important, they have lives of trauma that are just so astonishing that we wouldn't like it's hard to even comprehend how the fact that these folks are existing at all and able to function in any way is a miracle it is a miracle that the, and that is every person you see on the street you know who i'm talking about right the person in the corner of the subway right the person who smells bad right all that kind of stuff the fact that they're able to get up and survive a life given what these folks have typically have gone through, is astonishing. Um, and I think it's really important because it's so easy for us to say, oh, well, they're just another drug addict, right? Another alcoholic. And that stuff drives me crazy because of my history with drugs and alcohol, right? So, um, you know, so our response to folks suffering under this yoke of these systems, it should be sympathetic. It should be empathetic, right? We are in no position um, to, <laughs> to visit sort of our, our judgment and disdain and pity on these folks. Um, and so that is a wild way of saying why I'm just like, yeah, here's 10 bucks, dude. Like, you know, here's 10 bucks. And I'm not saying everybody should do that. I'm not saying everybody should do that. Uh, you know, and especially, look, if you're worried about your safety, I get that. I get that. I, I really do. Um, that's a privilege of being a man, perhaps. Um, but uh, but I don't know. That's what, what do you think about all of that? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I think the idea of sort of like blaming the unhoused for their own predicaments is a it's it's just how we how people dehumanize them right like you couldn't you couldn't walk past your beloved uncle on the street um and not do anything about it because you think of him as a human being <laughs> Right. I feel like this, the whole drug and alcohol thing is, is a convenient way of saying that they're not fully human because they made these quote unquote choices, um, which is, you know, a whole other it, discussion. But um, sure. so therefore, they are not worthy of basic human dignity and respects. And um, I don't know. So yeah, it's just. Our system is so deeply, deeply fucked. It's so deeply fucked that there is a huge swath of humanity in our country who literally 
don't have a place to live or food to eat. And these are the this is the bare minimum, right? And we're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. And I just um, but yeah, you can't you can't dismiss a group of human beings without having without dehumanizing them first. And I think that that is what that's about. And in general, dismissing addicts, you know, as somehow like of weaker moral character or something. And in reality, it's like, first of all, you can make the argument that most of us are addicts. It's not just necessarily of an illicit drug, but like, how can you live in this system, in this world? <laughs> I was listening to this interview with Natasha Leone the other day, by the way, she's my fucking hero and I love her. Okay. Um, I should check her out. You should check her out. And she was like, listen, it's, it's insanity that we are all living on this world, on this planet, and we all know we're going to die. And people are just walking around, going to the office, you know, going to the little league game, like nothing's happening. Like, like they don't know that it's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. Like, in fact, it's probably weirder to not be numbing yourself to the pain. <laughs> right. Like if you have an awareness of your mortality um, and you could make the argument that like living in a suburban life and following the rules, quote unquote, is another way of numbing that pain. Like you're just distracting yourself. Right. Right. Anyway, tangent. But <laughs> no, I think that's a that's a really great point. I think that's a I think that's a really important point. I mean, I think it's telling that human beings have been numbing the pain since literally the beginning of civilization, right? Yeah. Alcohol and, and getting out of yourself one way or another has been a function of human culture from the very, very beginning. And also since the very, very beginning, people have, de been de have demonized folks who overdo it, right? Um, rather, and, and again, and you know, Again, we don't want to get into a whole philosophical discussion about the problem of I um, and the problem of, of um, you know, the problem of self, of, of, of self will, of, of free will, et cetera. And we've already talked about that. But, um, but blaming people for their problems, I think your point of the dehumanization that that allows us to do in our minds is, is such an important point. And that is, and it allows us, it's the same thing, by the way that allows us to buy socks at Target, uh -huh. right? And be like, okay, well, I'm going to take the deal. I mean, of course I'm going to take the deal because like the people who are making it are way out of our lives, right? They are, they are, they don't really exist for us. You know what I mean? And that's what allows you to, 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 to walk around and be like, well, thank God I got nice socks. Right. And it's like, um, and, and again, I don't, and in terms of homeless folks in general, like the problems are so intractable with with and so layered that it can be very overwhelming and make make you feel very helpless. Right. And I think that's why, like, I'll just walk up to somebody and give them 10 bucks. Right. Because it's just like it's something that I can do right now, tangibly right now. And it's like people are like, oh, give it to an organization. Yes. And you should give it to an organization. I think that's great. But then but again, the reason why these organizations exist is because no one because we have this we have this drive to not just give people money we have to we have to let make them jump through all these hoops and that's what i you know what i want to quote something here because i think this is important um and it's from this article which we will link in the show notes um and and quote 
lingering shame is a hallmark of U.S. anti-poverty policy and reveals one of the core assumptions baked into one of its many key programs. Some people simply do not deserve to be helped. The myth of deservingness that a person must prove that they deserve to have what they need to live a life of basic security and dignity has given rise to anti-poverty policies rife with inaccessibility and stigma. Driven by this idea, safety net programs have been bogged down with counterproductive paternalistic policy design features intended to sort the deserving ah. from the undeserving. That's the one. There it Sorry. is right now. That's it. No, that's it. The dessert. You're totally right. That is the, that's the applause line there. Deserving <laughs> from undeserving. Many programs attempt to root out laziness or lack of willingness to work by instituting work requirements which demand benefit applicants track down and submit detailed evidence of employment and earnings in order to receive benefits. This, in spite of the fact that the overwhelming majority of those who are living in poverty are able to work and do so. This suspicion towards the poor has existed and bled into anti-poverty programs since the New Deal and continues today. The history of modern work requirements also reveals a through line of racism tracing back, <laughs> go, go figure, the, modern, <laughs> the history of modern work requirements also reveals a through line of racism tracing back at least the 1930s when aid to, to dependent children work requirements singled out black families and forced them into low-wage work on the basis of false and racist belief. We can see these ideas continue to influence policy today. An abundance of recent evidence shows work requirements do not help people find well-paying, stable jobs and may harm benefit recipients by causing them to lose their benefits. Yet, the federal government requires recipients of SNAP, temporary aid to needy families, and other life-sustaining benefits to prove evidence of work activities in order to continue receiving benefits. It's so circular. Beyond work requirements, policymakers have devised a, ver a variety of other challenges that may stand between a struggling person and access to the benefits they need. A busy parent hoping to figure out what aid their family qualifies for and how to access it will also likely run into intimidating paperwork and arduous in-person appointments. These administrative burdens demand extra time, energy, attention, and resources, luxuries no parent in need can easily spare. Liz. Good Lord. <laughs> what do you got to say about that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> First of all, paternalistic. Nailed mm -hmm. it. That's it. That is it. I... It's always felt wrong in my bones that like to be on unemployment, you have to like check in and prove that you're looking for jobs or like it It feels to me like the more basic the services that you're looking for, the harder it is to receive it and to prove that you deserve it. Right. Like, let's just give everyone the bare minimum and maybe like don't worry if they're lazy or not. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> digesting it a little bit. No, I I hear you. I hear you. It's it's a lot to take in. And I think like the gist is this deserving versus undeserving poor issue, right? Like there's this thread that runs through certainly conservative thought, but I think progressives have the same instinct. Um, I think it's it's a human instinct to punish people, like to 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 to, to to strike back, to be retributive at people who are who are 
who we think are below us on a on on a social ladder, right? The people that are down there, they, they they're down there because they belong there, and yeah. um, right? Yeah, I mean, also we. I think it it's even more basic. I think it's like, yeah, you look at our, our here's my anthropology coming out, but mm -hmm. like the very root of our desire to be part of a group, right? Like we have these social systems and part of maintaining our, our position in the group comes with shunning people who refuse to comply with the group norms. So this doesn't allow for the fact that like, you know, having a mental illness or whatever it is that led a person to become unhoused wasn't necessarily their choice, but still they are not participating in the, you know, prescribed, um, what we expect of someone to who, to participate in society. Right. It's like we talk about with, uh, you know, like the, um, the Puritan work ethic, yes. quote unquote, right? Like that's just such a, a deep part of our this culture's DNA that I think even as progressives, we have to fight against that instinct to be like, well, you know, you make your choices in life. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that we all suffer from that. And I think that's important because, and as you know, I, I emphasize this a lot. And that is that we are at the end of the day animals, right? And um, our species does certain things, right? Um, we are very special animals, no doubt. I mean, come on, like, look at us, right, compared to every other animal. But, like, but we are, in the end of the day, animals, and we have instincts, right? And we are driven by instincts, most of which are unconscious, most of which are unconscious. I, I want to repeat that a third time. Most of which we have no idea are driving our behavior day in, day out. Most of them, right? So, and among them, in our extremely social species, as to your point, I 100% agree. I think it's such an important perspective. I'm glad you brought it. This we this group identity, and if you aren't sort of there's a there's a hierarchy in that group for one. There's also this part of like you not this this idea that you aren't contributing to the group's movement in a certain direction. Um, and, and again, that might have been true. Or that might have worked. That might have been functional on an African savanna in right, and when we were uh, just got out of the trees. But that's not who we are anymore. And we have systems of capitalism that produce people like that. We have systems of patriarchy and abuse that drive right. I mean, let's do let's let's connect the dots here, right? Um, white guy in Midwest. Loses his job to uh, because his job gets gets uh, sent out of the country because now someone in Bangladesh is going to do it or in Mexico is going to do it. He gets mad. He drinks. Right. He um, and uh, and he has a lot of conservative ideas about what manhood is. And so the fact that he is not becoming a man, he takes the in some sense, he feels like he's being emasculated. He takes that out on his children and on his on, on, on his wife. Right now. Uh, child who, who's now growing up in an abusive environment, right? And the and now the cycle sort of continues, right? And if you do that long enough, you end up with a kid who, who a kid who's on drugs, right? Now and, and a kid who's homeless, and so like we have to look at how these systems produce these yes. outcomes, right? right? It's not just someone making choices, right? Right. People, it's not a it's, vacuum. 
Well, and at the same time, you have you have a huge, you know, billion dollar company pushing opioids on these people. And then you have people who are miserable in a system and can't get ahead and think that they are should be able to live the American dream and become Donald Trump, but it's not happening and they're in pain and they have this thing that makes them feel better and then they get addicted. And like, that's not their fault. <laughs> it is not their fault. So yeah, we need to catch up. We need to, we need to catch up we need to take care of everybody in the most basic level because it like you know you want to talk to me about laziness about poor people having to prove that that they're not taking advantage of the system and then at the same time you have these fucking trust fund babies oh my god who are you know some of the laziest people you'll ever meet but nobody cares about that because they started at the top so they have the money, and so they're not going to be into sucked into this cycle that perpetuates poverty, where you get charged because you don't have enough money in your bank account, you get overdrawn, and then you owe even more money until you get to the point where you can't even afford to have a bank account. Like, right, right. It's all systematic. It's all systematic, and right, and and of course, uh, women and people of color, in particular, black women, brown women, are bear the brunt of this because that's always true um, in terms of the uh, of these systems. They're designed that way, um, and so this has a race component. But what's interesting, though, is with the fact with the collapse of the middle class. This is, again, rampant, a system of rampant capitalism. These problems are no longer just confined. Uh, they were never really were, but they're becoming increasingly less confined to impoverished, impoverished people, right? Yeah. Now it's middle-class people who are yep. addicted to drugs, right? Because the, the, because, And it just goes to show that these are deaths of desperation, right? People don't want to waste their life shooting heroin like that's not what people grew up wanting right this happens in response to a series of experiences most of which are beyond individuals control so what i really want and reason why i wanted to do this topic is um you know it, it is because i just i want us progressives because like conservatives are never going to change on this. I mean, it, this is part of being conservative. Part of being conservative is this idea that everyone is where they're supposed to be because they've earned their place there. So if you are a billionaire, you are there because you've earned it. And if you are impoverished, you're there because you deserve it, right? So let them think what they're going to think. But I think what we can, what we need to focus on as, as progressives is combating that instinct within ourselves. And first of all, being not being like, oh, that's just what conservatives think. We're not like that. No, no, no. We are like that. We're human beings. We are all like that. And that's what the social justice right, is, is looking at ourselves in yeah. that way, right? Mm -hmm. How can I be better at this? Yeah. Check yourself. Before uh, you wreck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I had to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't assume that you know. Don't assume. Because you can see it in other people. It's easy to call it out yes. when it's like, you know, Mitch McConnell or whatever. But when it's you, it's harder. So you have to be vigilant. Because in a way, as we've said before, that's the most dangerous. It's almost more dangerous than someone who's rampantly racist because you think you know. Exactly. In fact, you're perpetuating things. Yeah. Martin Luther King, right? Um, white moderate. 
right? Mm, and, uh, yeah. and, it's, mm-hmm. and and you don't even have to say white because in this particular case, we can just say mm-hmm. just it just transcends race, right? This is a problem that exists for our entire species, and that is like we all. It's a lot. Like the problem isn't. And he, he was talking about race in his particular case. The, the, like the Ku Klux Klaner, I know where he stands. Correct. Right? Yeah. I know where the conservatives stand. That's what I always say. But look, we're not even talking. I'm not here talking to, to 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 Trumpers. I'm not even talking to Republicans. Look, like obviously not. Like they are beyond the pale. Right. The, what we're talking about here is that slice in the middle who thinks that. Oh no, I agree with you. So I don't have to do anything, right? I get to continue doing and in in that way reinforces the system that they say they're not happy about, right? So and again, this gets really tricky because then okay, and I say this probably every show, it's like, all right, but you, you don't have to go live on the street in in solidarity, right? right. You, you, you don't have to throw away all your possessions and become an aesthetic. You know, I don't think anyone is saying that but we have to be disruptive in the ways we can be disruptive right um yeah. what do you think about that yeah it's it's the theme of the show change yourself because you are part of the system and if you don't recognize if you think that me saying oh man there should not be anyone without a home in our country okay I'm done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like you're still part of the system. So you, if you recognize that's where your power lies is to change the part that you are. I don't know if that's too abstract, but just by, th- by, by being aware of your thoughts, by being aware of your reactions to things, being aware of when you see an unhoused person, what goes through your mind. Yes, 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 you yes. You know, I think this is where you start. That's, that's, oh my God, that's so it. That's so right. Like, like being aware of what you're feeling when you see that person, mm. like what, what flashes across your mind, right, right? Right. What feelings do you have? And being aware of that and coming to terms with that. Right. Yeah. And also being saying like, look, that doesn't make me a bad person. Exactly. It doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that I'm, but it, what it means is that I'm finally paying attention. Right. Cause the more you push, if you're pushing it away, you're not, I, I think of this in terms of like racism, like, and mm-hmm. in terms of patriarchy, we all grew up. We, it's the water we grew up in, right? Yeah. It's, uh, we're not even going to notice it most of the time, but if we don't notice it, how we, how can it ever be changed? So that's the first step, right? And your and to your point, do not then go to self shame. I'm a piece of shit. I should never have these thoughts. You're gonna have these thoughts. You're going Definitely. to. And the first thing you need to do is just accept that reality and understand that it's not even your fault. It's just the reality of the situation. But if you try and deny that you're even having those thoughts, then sure as shit, nothing is ever going to change. You know what's so interesting too, and to, to like, you know, you were talking about these thoughts. You're not the author of those thoughts, mm. which is, which, right? Oh, I you're love not the, that. You're not the author of those thoughts, right? They yes. just appeared in your head, which gets to my whole, but that starts to undermine the whole idea of the meritocracy in the fucking first place. And that's a really great way to sort of wrap this up, I think is, yeah. you know, this idea of of dehumanizing and humanizing people that is what we talk about a ton on this show and i think it's so important because that's where it all begins and ends if you can you can you can be really we as a species 
I don't have to tell you, I don't tell anybody who's been paying attention that are capable of unspeakable horror to mm -hmm. people that we, that to individuals, whatever they may be, that we don't think are part of our tribe. Correct. And right. And we literally, the dehumanization is where it begins and where it ends. And that is where we have to challenge ourselves as progressives, I think. Yeah. Um, in that area. Uh, and, it, and like you said, the first time, first thing is to realize like, yeah, I am having these thoughts. Whether I want to or not, they're coming. And that's okay because that's just the system we live in. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, do you have any other, any, any closing uh, ideas, thoughts? <laughs> just be excellent to one another, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you summed it up perfectly. Well, I'm always super grateful for you, Liz. Thanks for doing this with me as always. And I'm grateful for everyone out there. And I want everyone to remember that if you like our show, to make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays on all the major podcast channels. Please connect with us on social media as well because we love you and we want to talk to you. Until next time, please care for each other, share your experience, strength, and hope with each other and with the people you love.